Hello and welcome to the Jeffrey Podcast. This episode is a Jeffrey Goes To episode and this this episode is featuring Deus. I'm here with my brother John. Hello. And we're going to talk through the gigs we went to. We went to two separate gigs. I went to Elysee Montmartre in Paris, which was on the 25th of March, 2023. And where did you go, John? Uh, I went to see them in Sala La Paqui in Madrid, Spain. Although I actually saw them twice on this tour because I did see them at Brussels Central uh, a couple of weeks before you saw them. But we're not really going to talk about that in this discussion. With this discussion, we're just focusing on me seeing them in Madrid because it wasn't really a proper gig, the one in Brussels. No. It was a proper gig they played, but it was a shortened set and it was just to an invited group of, you know, music journalists and record company people, magazine people and whatnot, radio station people. It wasn't really the same atmosphere as a gig. Yeah. So we're going to focus on the Madrid. For me, I'm talking about the Madrid when I'm talking about my experience. And your gig was on the 1st of April, 2023, yes. shall we say? Yes. So how, how was the venue? Well, it's a new venue for me. It was it was basically, it's a nightclub, really, is what it feels like. And it's underneath a, a theatre. So it was okay, actually. It wasn't too bad. The stage was sort of chest height and you could lean straight against the stage. There was no um, security barrier and it did have a balcony running around it. So it was quite it was quite nice. It created quite a nice atmosphere. But, I mean, it wasn't attractive. It wasn't like an iconic venue or anything like that. It was a nightclub under a theatre. How about your venue? The venue, well, from the outside, it doesn't really look much. You just see a couple of doors that are fairly an- anonymous looking. But when you go in, it's a really lovely old building. It's quite big. I've no idea what the capacity is, but it must be, I would think, a couple of thousand maybe. But yeah, it's a really sort of old at least Victorian, possibly older building. When we walked up to it, there was something like 15, 20 riot police vans. Seriously? And loads of police just out on the street. So I had images of of us actually leaving the gig being rather like the end of the Instant Street video, coming out to trouble. But they'd all gone by the time we left, but it was um, there was a demonstration nearby. Oh, OK, so it wasn't linked to controlling the day as crowds? No, no, it wasn't. I think when they expect possible trouble, there are usually a few streets away, so they can dash in whenever they need. Oh, I see. But they try not to be within sight to get people going. So I think they were doing that. Well, I've got some information here on the Elysee Montmartre, which it says here that it opened in 1807, burned down in 2011, reopened in 2016, has a capacity of 1,380. Oh, it felt bigger than that. It was, it, yeah, it's a really nice venue and it really felt very civilised compared to British gigs. Everyone was just quite civilised. There wasn't really any chatting while the band were on, no sort of pushing and shoving. It was all just quite civilised and it was very nice, a welcome change. I think that's that's probably consistent with what I saw in Brussels and the other concerts I've been to in Brussels as well because I saw Steph Camel-Collins when I was in Brussels at the same time and again very laid back the crowd's quite quite cool and chilled no pushing shoving nobody crowding anybody else that's that's certainly what I saw there but not what I saw in Madrid where it's a bit more of a raucous event and people were getting quite quite raucous indeed in fact which we'll get on to but apparently this this place you went to, the Montmartre, was originally a ballroom where the famous Can Can was performed. Yeah. So it's got some history. 
yes. some history there. Yeah, it is lovely. It's worth um, if you if you do look it up. There are some nice pictures on on online, and that does have like a big balcony as well. But I don't think you were allowed up there because no, nobody was up there. Looking at pictures online of uh, Lapaki, which is where you went, it does look actually quite a nice venue, certainly in the pictures. Yeah, it wasn't bad actually. It was a lot better than I expected because the door outside again is very unassuming, and it's literally just a door, and it looks like it's just the the way into the storeroom of the theatre it's, it's attached to. You don't imagine you're entering a venue. You just think, oh my God, what's the hell's down here? And it all looks a little bit, I don't know, a little bit kind of thrown together. But it's actually okay. You go in, it's actually very professionally done. Security were very, very friendly, very nice, very helpful. Um, so yeah, it was all right. And I've just found online the capacity is 1,000. So it was actually bigger than I realised. I felt It felt smaller than that to me. It felt more intimate than that. Let's go through the set list then. So our set lists were pretty much the same, with one exception, which we will come to when we get to that. So they opened with How to Replace It, which is the opening track on the new album. How did you like that one? Well, obviously, no surprises. They've been opening the set with that all the way through the tour, which we predicted when we reviewed the album as well. And obviously, we both said that we really loved it as a song on the album. And I would say the live version isn't as better than the recorded version and I expected it to be a bit more in your face and I wonder if it's because Steph has to play the timpanis so Alan plays the drums so they're doing it without a bass guitar which I'm assuming that Klaas playing the keyboard is doing the the low end and I just wonder if that took away a little bit of the kind of thump of it so it was good but it didn't overwhelm me what about you? I really liked it I thought it it could well be sort of a live classic I really did like the build-up of it and I thought it really did work live. Okay, so slight slight difference of opinion there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I suppose we should say wh- where were you actually in the theatre? Were you near the front, near the back? Where where were you positioned? Maybe this changes our perspectives as well. So for the vast majority of the gig, I was on the second row, just in front of Alan. Okay, so slightly off to the right. So off to the right, yeah. As, well, as we look at the stage, to the to the right. Yes, right. yeah. Okay. Well, I was on the front row, leaning on the stage, right in front of Mauro. So slightly more central. A little bit to my left. Yeah. I I never really go right in the middle because I just think it's not the role I need to play as a middle-aged man. I think the the, the band needs something better to look at than that. But So I usually tend to go a bit to one side. So yeah, I was there. And what I noticed was because they had stage monitors, not in-ear monitors, the sound tended to be... You could hear a little bit from the monitor, so you didn't necessarily get the perfect mix, and the drums were just a bit too loud. So sometimes it was a little bit, the sound wasn't quite right, and I think it got better as you got further back. Because we were leaning on the stage as well, there wasn't the gap, the security gap. I think it was probably a little bit too close to get the purity of sound. Possibly. Obviously, we had had the gap as well. There was not a massive, not a big gap or anything, but just a little bit for the uh, you know security to get in. Yeah, did you have stage monitors? Yes, I think so. Yeah, maybe that's just their way of doing it. I mean, I imagine they would have in here if they wanted them. But I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was good, but it didn't bowl me over the way I right, it hoped it would, having loved it so much on the record. Yeah, I think it did bowl me over a little bit. As I say, and I was certainly sort of singing it for uh, for a few days afterwards. And how did the crowd react? As far as I could tell, it's all quite sort of more relaxed. Everyone seemed to be enjoying it and there's a little bit of dancing, but there was no um, sort of like moshing or going crazy, as far as I could tell. Yeah, I wonder if there's a bit of that too cool for school thing going on, because you're talking about Paris. And that's, as I said, that's what I'd seen in Brussels as well. Everyone being super cool, including the band. 
I wonder if there's a bit of that in Paris as well, which there isn't in Madrid, where that inhibitions are very much thrown off and people just go crazy. Although that said, the people that were going craziest at the Madrid gig were Belgian. So I guess they were super fans following the band around a bit. Yes, probably, yeah. Although do that. one of the guys, the Belgian guys, a uh, couple who were stood next to me or near me, I then saw them at the Lisbon gig which was the next night I saw them on the, the you know the YouTube videos that hit when they had the stage invasion at the end yeah we saw that couple there so they were definitely following them because we saw them in Madrid they were then on the YouTube video so there's definitely a pack of Belgians following them around and they were getting pretty raucous in our in our gig to the point where they were throwing bras and knickers on and there's a woman flashing her boobs at Tom all sorts <laughs> of stuff going on I don't think Tom was that right impressed of any of that I don't think there's any of that going on at Paris it was quite more relaxed which i'm all for to be honest i'm quite happy for being too cool i quite like this sort of civilized atmosphere i I like i like a bit of rock bit of edge a bit of rock and roll what about next we both had must have been new so that was the first single off the new album yeah and the second track as well so not yes just following the album at this point again not a massive surprise that this this came up it wasn't massively different from on the album i would say it had a little bit more power to it but um it was quite similar so i, I did enjoy it but not blow me away yeah i think i'd say the same thing again i enjoyed it it's a song that i do like it didn't blow me away it was good and then they go into yeah. constant now which is a bit of an older song although not that old is it it's from keep you close isn't it so I 2011 <laughs> What do you think of Constant Now? It's it's one I sort of always enjoy. I do think it's because it's it's quite poppy, isn't it? And it's uh, I like the jangly guitar in it, so I did quite enjoy it. We had this um, slightly extended outro to introduce the band, which I don't think is uh, ever done before. No, they are doing that on this tour. I'm seeing that on all of them in this tour. They did that in Madrid as well. Yeah, so I'm just checking. Constant Now is off. Keep you close. Just fact checking as we go along. Well, I, I loved Constant. I thought it was great. Constant now, as you say, it's got the sort of the, the, the upbeat, the jangly guitar, the poppy sound, but still quite rocky and growly. So I, I thought it was I thought it was cracking. I thought that this was my first one that I thought, yay. And in fact there's a video on YouTube of, of this in Madrid and you can see me and they can see my silly head. If you know what I look like, you can see my silly head bobbing up and down in the corner. So a little treat for you there, fella. You can check it that is, out yeah. afterwards. I did find a video from Paris that I'm in as well. Oh you're in it? You would only know because I knew from where right. it was and you could see like i don't know like a bit of my head or something i can't remember what it was oh i'm quite clearly identifiable in the video but you have to keep watching sometimes it's just a little bit of hair or head and then suddenly there's my entire ridiculous face and you think but the, the whole paris gig is that was actually on youtube wasn't it or is it still i don't know if it's been taken down i'm going to check now when we got home from paris the following day the the gig in cologne was live streamed and we oh yeah, that but that would that never went on never went on youtube but i don't know whether that's just a standard thing with live streams or because i mean marrow's guitar failed halfway through the gig and then the guitars never quite sounded the same after that so it could it could be i for either those reasons yeah the paris gig is still on there at the mo- at time of recording what day is it 8th of april so after constant now we had the architect you had girls keep drinking so we had those two tracks the and we had them different way around and this is the only variation in setlist that we've got so let's talk about the architect first what did you think of that 
it, 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 I think as, as we did in the our original podcast, is is the song that's grown on me a lot, and I do really enjoy it. Again, I think it, it does really work. Sort of live, got the chanty thing, which um, how to replace it has as well. I do quite like it. It's certainly it's not anywhere near my favourite Deus song, but I do I do enjoy it. I think it's jolly. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's something that I didn't particularly like at first. It's on Vantage Point, which is my least favourite album by of theirs. I can't remember the year of that. Is it 2007-ish? Something like that. And I thought, oh, this is just a bit of a punchy pop track. It's all right. It's certainly not a bad track. But the more I've listened to it, the more I've actually really grown on me as well. And I, and I listened to it a lot deliberately ahead of this. And yeah, I really looked forward to it and actually really enjoyed it when it was on. So it's definitely one that's flipped for me from being a almost least favourite, oh god I don't like that at all what the hell are Deus doing, to being something that I actually really enjoy. And I think all the samples and some of the lyrics I really enjoy as well Yeah, so me like too. Quite, you know you've got Tom whacking his, I don't know what that machine is that has the samples in That uh, I don't know what you call them, I suppose it's probably some kind of drum machine isn't it Where you just, yeah. so it, it does have a sort of yeah, I do think it's got a, a jolliness about the whole song. What about Girls Keep Drinking then, which we had second, you had first which we know has never been a favourite of ours from 2012, I think, following C. No, and I've been watching the set list, so I knew it was coming up. So I think once it actually once they actually played it, I was kind of more pleasantly surprised because as it, you know, I was just thinking, oh, I don't really want to listen to this song. And so then when they actually played it, it's, you think, oh, actually, it's not that bad, is it? Yeah, I quite enjoyed it actually. I thought it was uh, pretty strong live and. I think it's a song that, again, I'm coming round to liking probably a lot more than you are now. And the riff, the riff that it's centred around, which Mara originally wrote, that I think is really, really good fun, that jangly riff. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's never going to, you know, trouble the top ten of Deus songs, but I do think it's a pretty decent, especially a live track. I think it's actually a pretty decent live track. So I've, I've changed my mind about that one. I quite enjoyed it. Fair enough, yeah. I definitely enjoyed it more than I was expecting to. I don't know if the tweaked it perhaps and rearranged it a little bit but it, it did seem better I, I wasn't sure as I said whether it was just my expectations. I think they're just quite good at doing those quite funky rhythmic slightly weird songs I think they just they always tend to be quite good at doing those I think it, it's just it I don't know it's just a, I mean the architects I don't know if they necessarily put it into that category but other things like fell off the floor man that will come to it's got a similar kind of funky beat and it's a bit weird and a bit odd but it's just fantastic so I think it's something that they, they seem to do quite well, especially live. Hmm, yeah. What about Man of the House? This was next. This was the set list now identical. Yes. The, so this was the song that we'd originally thought was okay on the album, but it hadn't really grown on us anymore. And in fact, in my case, it had gone down. What about as a live experience? Yeah, I think it's okay. I think I, I enjoyed it more live th- than on the record. It did sort of have a bit more energy and power. And certainly, you know, the last bit, which we commented on the album review was just sort of like, you know, this is a good potential of being a bit of a rock out. And it was that, that bit was good. The rest of the song was kind of how you'd expect a bit, I'd say a little bit more energy and power than, and it did liven it up a little bit. Yeah, I think I'd agree with everything you said. I think I was pleasantly surprised. It was better than I was expecting. It was quite enjoyable live for the, exactly the reasons you said, certainly the latter third of it, where it rocks out. But even all of it was above my expectations. And then we went into WCS first draft off the first album. So straight into sort of the more bonkers end of the back catalogue. So I've never heard this one live before. I mean, you're a big fan of the, the first album, aren't you? So presumably you were very excited at this. 
you've you've got me banged to rights there, fellow. Absolutely. I, as you know, I loved the first two albums, especially, and this song, I absolutely love it. And live, I just thought it was immense. I thought it was fantastic. It was so good. And Alan bass on this was just brilliant. And this for me was just, you know, because this is when we first discovered this as well. That's sort of early nineties. So you've got the nostalgic side of it as well, which is always fun. So yeah, I just thought this was was brilliant. The that wonderful bass line, the the slight, as you say, the bonkersness of it. There's, it's a great sing along as well. Yeah, everything, brilliant, fantastic. I was in heaven. You? Yeah, it's sort of largely similar. I would say probably not quite as enthusiastic. Um, I'm not as big a fan. Well, you were of in first Super Cool album. Paris, isn't it? Weren't you? So you were probably sitting over Goulois and being all super cool and philosophising. That's me. Well, that's what I'm famous for. Yes. Yeah, I did really enjoy the track, and it it is super bonkers, and uh, yeah, did did enjoy all that and the, the, the sort of slightly the funkiness of it as well. I think the super bonkers point is they were able to do that, but still hold it together. It never, it still had, it was still, it was still structured. Especially the first album, left slightly lesser extent the second album, but it still had structure. It, it wasn't, um, you know, abstract. So yes, it was a bit bonkers, but it was held together. It, it flowed. It was still coherent and that's what i thought that made them so special that they had that kind of crazy coherence uh balance really well and this song is a great example of it yeah that is what what they do very well yes although the next song is almost the opposite of that yeah i was going to say you have almost the polar opposite with 1989 very sort of gentle commercial song i still really enjoyed it though I mean, it, it's quite similar to how it was on the record. There's no great change, I would say. I sort of, I think, you know, I'm enjoying the song anyway. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I do like this song. I, I do like the sort of the the deep beginning bit of it, the Leonard Kerrini bit. And yeah, I thought it was pretty good live. But yeah, to contrast with the previous track is quite a contrast. But yeah, it's, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. And we're into a little period now of, of the new album, aren't we? So, because Pirates is next, which again we both enjoyed off the album. We thought was one of the better tracks. Yeah, we had a, we had the note on the setlist which said a tad faster. So they were playing this at slightly slightly faster pace than what's on the album, which I think I wouldn't have actually noticed if they hadn't said it, if I hadn't read it on the setlist. I'm not sure if ours was a tad faster, but you can obviously you can check because it's on the YouTube, but. Um, I'm not sure how you would check if you can't tell. I don't. It was obviously a small tad. Can you have, well, tad is it anyway? Small. <laughs> well, tads even are by, small, aren't they? Well, even by tad standards, I suspect it was just a nudge faster, rather than it being, uh, you know, that noticeable. It didn't particularly change the character of the song. It was good. It was good live. It was. It's a strong song on the album, and I really enjoyed it live as well. I would agree on that. And then we got faux bamboo, which we were sort of was a middling track, wasn't it? I would say. Yeah on our album review and I thought again it was probably a middling track still for me again it was like it was alright I quite enjoyed it and I do quite enjoy it on the album but it is it certainly not one of my favourites yeah just the same really enjoyed it but yeah just the same as what you're saying really what wasn't a highlight of the gig it was a middle as you say a middling track well there wasn't a low light of the gig it's not like there was like this is the middle track and there was some of the tracks were awful no everything was great no. it's just different degrees of greatness and this has less greatness than some of the greater greats. And talking of which, we've got Instant Street next. Yes. Which yes. I always love live. And um, they didn't disappoint here. It was it was great. Completely agree. It was just immense. And being standing in front of Maro was just an absolute treat. I mean, Maro cannot dance, 
bless him lovely fella fantastic guitarist not a great dancer watching him trying to dance along was quite amusing because tom's really kind of cool and a great dancer you know he's quite natural in that role and he's quite extrovert isn't he and quite mm. but poor old Mara is quite private seems quite a shyer person but he's trying to dance along and he's he's not a great dancer but he is a great guitarist and this is a brilliant song live and yeah. the, the the rock out uh ending is just is i don't think there's anything better is there anything better in live music than Deus doing an instant so. street rock out a single thing i mean this is something i was going to say is that whenever somebody says you know like what's the best live band or the best thing uh, yeah i always start thinking about instant street and day day is playing instant street i think it is that rock out i think is peak like music i think so yeah i mean I, I suppose there are possibly things that can equal it or come close but i don't, I don't think anything can be better it might i mean obviously you can't really remember every gig you've been to and exactly how good or not everything is of course but i can't i can't think of anything better i think this is peak live music deus doing instant street live going into fell off the floor man live i don't think there's any greater experience you can have with a live band than those two songs next to each other i fully agree on that yes i mean fell off the floor man was fantastic as well i, I mean i love that song anyway it's one of my faves off one of my fave albums one of the second album brilliant did you think the same Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I think every time I've seen them, they've done those two together, I think. And yeah, it is, as I said, it was one of the sort of the best sort of live music experiences you will ever have is, is listening to those two songs, particularly back to back. Yeah. And it just didn't disappoint at all. So completely agree. And then we jumped to the latest album. So from a very early song, Fell Off the Floor Man, to a very recent song, Simple Pleasures. Yeah. So that might be described as the updated attempt to do something similarly crackers. I think so. I think it's their version of this quirky song of, of you know, off the new album. And I think coming after those two songs, it, it, it was always not going to hold up quite as well as those two. And I think if there was a weak point in the gig, this this is it. Yeah, I don't know if I... I mean, obviously I agree with the first part that nothing really can follow those two songs, particularly. I can't think of... Even even another Deus song would struggle to follow those two songs. So they would probably be a better point to end the main part of the gig and then have a you know, break and an encore. But putting one of your newer tracks, which isn't one of the stronger tracks there, isn't, I don't think, good set list placement. That said, I did still enjoy it. Because I actually think this is one of the songs that is be- better live than on the record. And I did enjoy it more than I expected. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, yeah, as I, I felt it, it wasn't that strong. I was at this point moving back for the gig as well. So I was like pre- a little bit preoccupied. You're making your swift exit? Uh, no, husbandly duties. My wife was not feeling that well. So we moved to a place near the back. A bit more air. She could get some air, yes, basically. Yeah. I abandoned all husbandly duties and I was just saying to them, you are going to stand here for several hours so we can be at the front and you are going to like this. So yes, I was, uh, no, no such concerns from me at my end. But you, so you were there with uh, with your other half? I was, yes. Because you do often go on your own, don't you? I, I do often go on my own, but I, I said this was a, a DLE, a divorce level event, that if she didn't mm. come with to see Deus, that was it. It was over. Um, so she reluctantly came along. I think it was quite a hard decision, but uh, she did anyway. And, and, and you know, obviously I was quite eager to know what she thought. And she said, it's not her kind of music, but she afterwards, she said, no, I've got to give it to them. They are really good. And she does, she's watched a couple of things on YouTube and, you know, she, she talks about Instant Street as the one I like, she calls it. Okay, fair enough, yeah. 
so so yeah she was definitely won over and it wasn't her throwing the knickers and brow on the stage by the way but uh <laughs> i think she uh she did she did see tom's charms i think i think she uh, yeah okay, quite, fair he's a pretty charismatic performer yeah yeah and from her point of view you could always uh do the divorce later if she changes her mind yeah exactly there's uh always time i have to say going back to instant street as well that's the one time it's actually the world Paris, they were all singing along there. Everyone going out, da, 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 da. you know, the whole crowd sing, sings along with it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you've got a good riff if the whole crowd sings the riff. And you've got a full room of people singing, not the words of the song so much, but the, the guitar riff. And that yeah. happens everywhere that they play, doesn't it? Everyone's doing that. Da, 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 da. Yeah, no, it's just so great. I just um, keep drifting off when I'm thinking about it because it's go back to the, the, the moment. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things when you're actually in that moment as well, you've got to just enjoy it haven't you you don't want to be sort of thinking about something else and then you think oh god I, you know you've really got to be in the moment because it's just such a such a um such an honor to be there it's such a pleasure to be there yeah because i was taking loads of pictures at the time as well and through the whole gig and i had made the decision that for instant street and fell off the floor man i was not going to take any pictures and i was going to be in the moment and just enjoy it my wife did say at the end of the, why didn't you take any pictures in instant street because they were all bunched up together going going bonkers mm. and said you've got some really good pictures there and i said yeah i know but i would made this conscious decision not to do that to to enjoy enjoy the live moment yeah well i i almost never look back at photos anyway and certainly when some concerts i almost never look back at them i will only use them just to social media purposes and you know to promote this podcast and stuff so i'd much rather have the memory of the moment of the gig so I'll try and get a couple of photos early on so I can then just put my phone away and forget about it and then just, just completely be in the gig. And Usually if it's a couple of songs that I'm less bothered about, I might try and get a photo then. But other than that, just try and stay in the moment. Which, considering after we're up to Simple Pleasures there, the next song is one of our favourites, Catraman. It is, yeah, absolutely. So what did you think of Catraman? Yeah, well, I've always loved the song. <laughs> There's nothing more you can say. It's such a cracker. It's the only kind of negative thing about it is, as I I think that because they feel they have to probably have to play Catraman, is that's probably why they don't play Le Blues Polaire because they are stylistically similar. I I'm not, I'm not entirely sure they are stylistically similar. I, I didn't challenge you on this when we recorded the album review. I mean, they are both in French, but I, I wonder if the comparisons end there. I don't think they do. If you like, I know they're not in any way the same song. But the harpsichordy keyboard sound is in both. They both sort of have a quiet bit that keeps going. So they're not the same in any way at all. But I think there are, there is a bit of an overlap. And I, I wonder if that is why it didn't get played. When they have played quite a lot of the new album. A lot of songs overlap from from same bands, don't they? Because there are certain similarities like the you know you could say the rock out of man of the house overlaps of instant street you could say some of the funky bass of worst case scenario overlaps we fell off the floor man i mean there are overlaps it's the simple pleasures overlaps girls keep drinking these these kind of stylistic songs overlapping each other a little yeah whereas i think catraman is a 
is a, just a fantastic rock song that's in French. Whereas I do think Le Blues Polaire is kind of a French song and it sounds more like a swingy French song. It's got the swing in it and it's got the, you know, la, la, la. Oh God, I can't sing, but I've got that. <laughs> it's got that lovely sort of sing out ending and it's just softer and gentler. Whereas Catch a Man's a harder edged rock song and they're mm. both brilliant. They're both amazing. But I think quite different, even if some of the ingredients might be similar, I do think that they end up being quite different products at the end of the day. Yeah. No, I largely agree with that, yeah. So Catch a Man Live, I, I was slightly disappointed of it live. I felt like it, it felt a little rushed and a little... It was great because it's Catch a Man and it's Deus, but it didn't feel like that they took their time with it and played with it in the same way as they had with some of the other stuff. I just felt they rattled through it a little bit. Mm. And I thought, ah, I'd rather you just just wallowed a little bit more in that because it's such, such a good song. I mean, maybe, maybe some of it, again, is what I was saying before about the sound not being quite as clear where I was, being so close to the stage. And perhaps this song felt like it just lost a little bit more because of the sound. That's it. I mean, the sound in, in Paris was, was great at the front and, and at the back. So I have no no problems there. Always really enjoy the song. I do, do think it's great. I agree. Yeah, I do like it. And then, and then we're on to Sun Ra from uh, one of your favourite albums, Pocket Revolution. Yes. Although not your favourite song from that album. Uh, no, no, it's not. Although it does uh, have, I think the original does have Steph Camel Carlin's on backing vocals, doesn't it? I am not sure. You could well be right. There is a mix because there was a bit of a, a changeover here, wasn't there? Well, Steph Camel Carlin's had left. Oh, he'd left anyway, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah, he'd left a couple of albums. Well, at least he left in um, two albums before, wasn't it? Yeah. Or at the end of In the Barons of the Sea. But he came back and just sang backing vocals on this track, which obviously is great. And this is my opportunity to say that I did see Steph O'Connor Carlin's live. He was the original bass player in Deus. I did see him live in Brussels about a few weeks ago. And afterwards, he came off the stage and was signing merch. So I thought, well, this is my big chance to see Steph O'Connor Carlin and meet him. You know, and he. I, I really like Steph Gamble Carlin's. I like his stuff in Zeta Swoon, Moondog Jr., his solo stuff. I thought, this is it. This is my big chance to connect with Steph Gamble Carlin's. Yeah, well, that didn't quite work. I, he's uh, not, not your great showbiz mate now. No, he's not my great showbiz mate. And uh, I, I suppose, I mean, one, obviously English isn't his native tongue. He speaks Dutch, French, and he does speak very good English. But in a noisy bar with some stupid Yorkshire bloke banging on at him, trying to be funny it didn't quite come off as I'd hoped. And I, I think I ended up just coming off as kind of a bit weird. So I'm just hoping that Steph doesn't remember this experience because I think I was a slightly embarrassing, weird fanboy. You, you could argue that you are a little bit weird. And in which case, that's, you know, just how you come across normally. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just truth. You're just dropping truth bombs on me there. At, at that point, I was thinking, oh, this is my chance to normally, if I meet people, I try and connect with them. I try and engage with them use a bit of humour didn't 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 really work because I, I approached him I just said because he'd been speaking Dutch to the previous people and I said you know um, speaking English I'm sorry I don't speak French or Dutch so I've just been in your concert didn't understand the word and I and he went oh, I'm really sorry you know but I was we're in Brussels so I was speaking French and Dutch and I thought yeah I know I was joking you know it's obviously it's my fault that I don't speak those languages so I thought well that's not a great start so I'd you know, lavished the praise because it was a brilliant gig and he's just doing the Bob Dylan thing. And then I thought, I'll end on a funny and then just get out of the way and leave it to cooler people to actually spend time with him. I, I didn't want to hold up the queue. There's quite a long queue. So I was saying, I hope my dan- I hope my really terrible dancing didn't put you off. And he sort of looked at me a bit weird because normally when I dance at a gig, like inside, I feel like I'm John Travolta. 
I feel like I'm John Travolta in the crap out of the place. But I've noticed externally, I kind of look like a statue that's wobbling on its plinth. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a bit of a disconnect between my image, self-image, mm. and what the the what, what an objective observer. So I thought I would just make a joke and just sort of said like, you know, I know I was right down the front. You probably saw me, but and he went, I don't know, maybe. And I thought, oh my god, he's now thinks that I'm asking if he saw me. And no, I didn't mean that. I just meant I hope my terrible dancing didn't put you off. And he was, no, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just just enjoy it. And I thought, I think I think I need to go. You'd lost that. You'd, the mic drop moment storming <laughs> off had gone, hadn't it? <laughs> it really had. It really had. So we're not best mates. Anyway, me and Steph Cameron Collins, unfortunately, they say you shouldn't meet your heroes. And that's probably good advice because you behave like a complete dick. At least I do. Well, I tend to behave like a dick with everyone. It's just my personality. So I do avoid people that I admire. So Did Deus do have a merch stall? where you were, because they were coming out and signing things in the merch stalls in some of the gigs around Benelux. I assume they did. I didn't see it. Right. Again, being, I was being um, a gracious husband and getting my wife out the building. So we didn't go and have a look at the merch stall, but th- there must have been one somewhere, but I didn't see it. I was prepared to get the, to them to sign something and maybe even get a photo with them. And bearing in mind, this is one of my favourite bands for 30 years. Hmm. I was going to have to mentally prepare myself to try and again not make a complete fool of myself no merch store nothing so i was all mentally prepared to not be a complete oddity and then ended up there wasn't there wasn't even a merch store so they didn't come out and sign stuff maybe there wasn't one then but i certainly didn't see one i guess because i was in madrid and they do barcelona madrid uh no barcelona madrid lisbon and then i think they're headed off to somewhere else like in germany or something so so that's quite a geographically quite far away from the rest of Europe, especially if they're doing road transport, which they tend to do. Yeah. So that is quite a lot of extra cost to get all the way to Lisbon via Barcelona, Madrid. If your your heart your heartland is Benelux, Paris, France, Germany. So I just wonder if they thought, let's just not take all that stuff and the staff required that let's just, you know, in and out, three days in and out and get so I don't know. But anyway, I missed making a complete fool of myself with Deus, so I've got that to come in the future at some point, possibly. Yeah, I was going to take my CD insert, which is a nice picture of the artwork, to get that signed, which um, I forgot to even take with me, so that was never going to work. Obviously, it didn't work anyway, because uh, we didn't do that, but um, I failed at the first hurdle on that one. Well, I was going to I was going to have to buy something, because in the end, I couldn't get a set list either, which I will we can talk about in a minute when we get to the end. But I didn't get a set list, so I was going to have to buy something. But there was nothing to buy because there was no merch store and there was no band signing stuff anyway. So anyway, let's go back to Sun Ra. Not one of your favourites. I really quite like this song normally. What did you think of it live? It's a good, big, loud outro song. I think it works really well. Again, it's not my absolute favourite song, but to be honest with Deus, there aren't sort of that many bad songs, are there? So you can pretty much pick anything and... I'd say probably 90% of it is all good. Yeah, I think I probably liked it more than you did because I do like the song more than you. So I really enjoyed this. I was really looking forward to it because I don't think I've ever seen this live. So I was really looking forward to it and did really enjoy it. I mean, I knew it was the last song before the encore, so there's a little bit of bittersweet moment as I realised the gig was drawing to a close. But still, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a good rocker, a good outro. Then they went off for the encore. Yeah, and then they came back. And they played Roses off your favourite album. Yeah, in a bar under the sea. What do you think of 
of Roses, again, it's, like, it's actually one of my <laughs> least favourite songs. It's really not... not. I mean, it's, it's all right. I know it was a single, wasn't it? And I know a lot of people do really like it, but it's 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 not one I would have picked. Yeah, I think it was. I think it, it was definitely a single, and it did pretty well. So, yeah, I I do like it. It's off the album. It's definitely in the top few songs, or the top. I don't know, fifty percent. I don't. Know, I can't remember exactly. It wouldn't be my favourite song off the album, but it's yeah, I I do like it. I mean, it's a pretty decent song. I'd rather they'd done Turnpike and Hotel Lounge which seem to have been dropped off the set list, which were in some of the earlier gigs. Yeah. Both songs that I prefer to Roses, although Hotel Lounge is off the first album, of course. But I w- I'd rather they'd played one of those or both of those. But I do really like Roses. It's good. It's an easy one to sing along to. It grows and grows and, th- and then rocks out. So I thought it was a pretty good track to come back on the encore with, sort of restart song. And and it gets ev- everybody singing along, so you've got a great atmosphere to it. So yeah, I, I thought it was pretty pretty decent. To make a mess. This one's yours and yours is self obsessed. She's painting on my back. Green Tom, the B five one, and she cuddles. And then we've got Love Breaks Down. Nice little quiet one. Yeah, which, so, um, softer love song. Yeah, which came across really well, I thought. Sort of really enjoyed and they did, managed, you know, similar to the actual performance on the album. But that is excellent too. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a bit different from the album, but equally good and equally enjoyable slightly more full sound with the with the live band but but yeah very good very enjoyable and a nice place to put it i think after roses and before the very last song i thought it was a, a nice slot it doesn't get lost there whereas if you just put it in the middle of the set i think it gets a bit lost like 1989 got a bit lost for me just because of where it was positioned in the set list yeah and then lastly you've got the the last song that they played for us anyway is bad timing again from pocket revolution yeah opening track for pocket revolution i think Yep. Uh, yeah, which is a another cracking song. Not a million, you know, a sort of similar to Sunrise for me, really. That the, the these longer sort of epic songs really enjoyable and very strong. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's uh, a, a good song to end on, a good song to start on. So now they've used this song to start setlist in the past. I think it works as a start song, works as an end song. It's it's, it's a good one. So yeah, not not much more to say about that. I definitely really enjoyed it. And this was the point at which the knickers came on the stage. The the bra. <laughs> the, the, the boob flash had happened earlier in the gig at some point uh, I don't know which song I can't remember but this was the point at which the knickers came on which Mauro picked up and, uh, but yeah so yeah it was a good it was a yeah great great end to what had been a really really enjoyable gig yeah definitely I mean I've, I've seen Deus three times now I think and all, all three have been you know brilliant gigs definitely one of my favourite live bands that I've, I've seen and consi- seem to be consistent with it okay I mean, I've seen them three times over what is it 20 Four, at least 20 years, years or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, the first time was in the, the Duchess of York in Leeds, which is a, a live music pub, or was live, a live music pub in Leeds. And they were just absolutely outstanding that day. They were just unbelievable. But it's hard to compare because obviously your memory fades. One, one gripe for me, in fact, two gripes, but they're sort of the same gripe. Okay. Is it was slightly short, so it's only 18 songs. They came on at whatever time it was, about 10 past nine, and they were off at, you know, 10.40-ish, whatever it was. I don't know if that's exactly right, but it's just a little bit short. 
and some of the other gigs that they've played on this tour have had as i said they've had either hotel lounge they've had turnpike they've had dream is a giver they've had an extra song not necessarily all of those but maybe they've had 19 20 songs and we only got 18 so that felt i felt slightly just one more song in the main set would have probably just done it but i just felt it was a tiny bit short which links to my second gripe which means the next night in lisbon they played an extra song they played southern soda at the very very end and Tom invited everyone to just storm the stage and join them. So everyone's on the stage jumping around, singing the chorus of Suds and Soda, having a brilliant time. And Muggins here is stuck in Madrid, thinking, well, that's pretty great, isn't it? We only had the 18 songs. So a little bit of a gripe there. The gig didn't feel short to me. And on the Suds and Soda thing, I think, in a way, I was a bit disappointed they did play it because I thought it's actually, I thought it was a good thing that they weren't playing it, that the fact they didn't feel they had to. Because obviously it's their breakthrough hit and it, they seem to basically finish every gig with it. And I thought it's actually quite... I quite like the fact that they weren't playing it and just thought we don't have to play this so they're not going to do it on this tour. And I'm sure they do with, when they play festivals and everything. But just dropping it for a tour I thought was actually a good thing. But then they didn't. So... Well, I actually agree with you because the, in the Madrid gig somebody was shouting out Suds and Soda between all the songs and Tom actually said to him, would you just calm down? you know breathe calm down stop it and i thought and i and i thought at the time i thought they're not going to play that just grow up you know it's not i know it's the big breakout hit but this is 2023 they're not playing a song from 30 years ago so i kind of thought the same thing and i thought i quite like that they don't have to feel they have to play it and then they did play it in lisbon the night before and i saw the reaction and i saw just how much people enjoyed it and just how much fun it was and just how everybody singing together the chorus was just such an event and i thought yeah no that was pretty special so I just wish that pretty special. And they haven't played it since. So it's not like it's been added. It was a one-off. So I kind of like the fact that they did this one-off amazing thing. I just wish they'd done it when I was there. Yeah. The week after, I went to see Suede live. And one thing that they do, I've noticed with their gigs, because I'm also following their sort of fan groups on Facebook, and somebody's doing a spreadsheet of every set list from the tour. And one thing Suede do is they always do one or two songs that they don't do at any other gig. So at least you know if you go, it, it is a unique experience. And I think that would be a good thing for well, pretty much any band to do, you know, that has a decent back catalogue. Yeah, I agree with you. And it felt like Des were doing that a bit at the first. Because at the beginning of the tour, they did seem to be doing that and dropping different songs in, out, in, out. And I thought, because Architect wasn't originally in there. Turnpike came in, mm. came out. Hotel Lounge came in, came out. Roses has been a later edition, for example. So uh, Dream is a Giver was in there originally, and that's dropped. So yeah, I kind of quite like it when they do try and create a unique experience. And I wish they'd done that a little bit. However, we nitpick because we both had a brilliant time. Oh, yes, very much so. And it was a, a an absolute honour to be there watching one of the great live bands, one of our favourite bands of all time. So can't wait till the tour again. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hope they do another album fairly quickly and get another tour. Yeah, or they could do a best of tour in the meantime. Yeah, or they could just tour. I'd be okay with that. Or not even tour, just play Madrid. Yeah, and and Leeds, please. And Leeds, just just play those two cities as a sort of residency, going through everything. That would be great. If you want to catch up with us, you can find us at jeffreymusic.rocks on the internet and we are also social mediaing it on instagram and twitter which is at jeffrey podcast for both <laughs>